Hey, everybody, it's Jacob Newton here, professional hockey player and mental health coach, advocate, all of the above. My good buddies over at Sports Epreneur and I did a podcast together about a year ago. And ever since then, we've been keeping in touch, creating content podcasts now. So if anybody out there is interested in doing the same, having their own podcast or want some type of content creation, don't hesitate to reach out to those guys at Sports Epreneur. They are willing and able to help you out. And after listening, don't hesitate in leaving a review. And then you'll get much more access to all of my content across the Sports Epreneur platform. Hello, everybody. It's Jacob Newton here again uh, with another episode of RAV with JLN, Raw, Authentic, and Vulnerable. I'm going to hand it right over to my guest and allow him to introduce himself and then speak uh, a little bit about his journey. So go ahead. My name is Shay Emery. I am an eight-year professional football player veteran. And uh, about halfway through my career, I started a foundation called The Wellman Project, which aims to rewild men uh, back to their true nature through outdoor experiences, essentially handing them an axe and putting them around a bonfire and seeing what happens. So there we go. Wow. Okay. And, and how did that get started? Well, uh, in the middle of my career, I was uh, I left the game due to concussion, uh, missed the whole season, and uh, my friends at the time asked me what I was passionate about, what I wanted to do. I had no clue, didn't have an answer, uh, and the only thing that I knew I wanted to do was give back to my community. I wanted to, uh, I, I loved being outside and I loved being on boats and uh, I figured I needed to dive a little bit deeper into who I was. So I started uh, doing everything I could to, you know, have conversations with other men in that situation where I figured they, you know, may or may not have, uh, you know, had those conversations or dove that deep into who they are. Uh, and to kind of really at first it was, it was, uh, kind of presented as uh, hey we can support you uh, although you know in the end really what took place is i was the one getting the most value out of it being yeah. the one that i was able to have the conversations i was able to dive i was able to get into some rooms uh, from like a, a, a healthcare professional standpoint uh, and just get the support that uh, i know that i needed and do it in a way where you know it was on a national stage and i was able to kind of you know step up and, and be able to present my story to support others. Wow. That's awesome. And, and what kind of, uh, like what's your, so is it just all men or do you have a specific group of men that you're trying to target to, you know, try and get to come and, and partake in this, uh, this experience that you put on? Typically at first it was anyone and, uh, really at, you know, when we started to go through the process, we're about eight, eight years in now. Um, we realized that we really wanted to, to speak to the alphas. You know, we wanted to speak to the people that were putting up the biggest barriers, you know, the biggest facades. And, uh, you know, because that's, that was my story. I was uh, a young dude who had made it to my, you know, my state of affairs in the, in the professional football world uh, solely because of the fact that I, I really just did not want to be messed with. And it was a, it was a protection me mechanism for me. Right. So I wanted to speak to those young men. I wanted to speak to, you know, the young athletes that were, you know, battling through whatever they were battling through emotionally, mentally, physically, uh, and knowing that, you know, 
for the most part, a lot of them feel like that was their only vessel, their only way out. When, you know, when I was a young guy, I had so many different aspects of my being that I really just like swept under the rug because I felt that uh, football and hyper alpha male masculinity was my only outlet when I realized that, you know, creativity and entrepreneurship and, um, you know, really just getting outside of my comfort zone and, and doing the things that I told myself was not cool or, uh, you know, was not, were not going to uh, support me in surviving. Uh, I, I really just recognize that those are the things I really love to do. And especially now that football is done, um, I'm doing everything I can in my, under my power to, to just like dive into those different aspects. Wow. That's, that's incredible. And it, did you play all eight years in the CFL? I did. Yeah. I played, uh, I played six years in Montreal and uh, played under a coach who played, uh, sorry, who coached in the, in the NFL previous to our, his time with us. And then he was the head coach of the Chicago Bears for a couple of years, um, about I think three years. And I think he just finished up with the XFL. Uh, so I had some great tutelage there. And uh, our, you know, our entire experience was, you know, a positive one, um, you know, over there in Montreal. And, you know, I retired in 2015 and have been, you know, kind of doing the public speaking mental health support advocacy situation since uh since stepping away from the game and uh it's been you know it's been it's been an experience for me as well because i mean i i've been a, an athlete trying to transition out of sport uh which was my complete and utter identity to you know a young father to an entrepreneur to someone who's had 20 plus concussions and yada 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 you know you, you can you can see the the, the, the stew that's been um, you know, kind of, I would say stewing in my mind wow. uh, for the longest time. And I had also uh, suffered from depression previous to those concussions and previous to though to stepping away from the game. So, um, you know, it's been a, it's been a ride and I'm obviously with COVID taking place, it's been um, amplified even further because I had my businesses essentially gone from a hundred to zero and uh, you know, w just doing everything I can to try and, you know, balance out my life here. Yeah, for sure. And, and what, what exactly does your, your past look like in terms of, of mental health? I think I read a little bit of, of your story. So there was some type of abuse. Is that correct? Yeah. So I, as a young kid, I also experienced some sexual abuse. And uh, I also, uh, you know, took that experience. Uh, I think five, six, seven, eight, somewhere in there, kind of blacked it out, obviously. Yeah. Um, and and you know what? I tormented myself and I have had such a wonderful life. I've been so fortunate. I've been very successful. I've been, you know, very, uh, very, I've been, been, been put in positions where, uh, you know, my first year in the league in the CFL, uh, the guy that was in front of me, he showed up to training camp the second year and didn't have a, you know, he didn't show up. And so I just, automatically was given the starting job and you know was able to build a beautiful family and you know I've, like I said I've had this extremely wonderful life but at the same time I've tormented myself due to my experiences my my mindset has been this internal battle due to those you know those those experiences when in five you know I'm talking almost 30 years ago they still haunt me and uh you know I think that's where these this mental health conversation has 
has come for me is I've, you know, I've, I've come to recognize that no one did anything to me. I did it to myself over time. You know, I was the one who procrastinated, who thought this thing or that thing. And that's where it's like, you know, it's, it's about your, your, your perspective about how you feel other people think about you. Right. That's what it all come came down to for me. I was like, I felt like I needed to prove things or I need to show people or I need to prove, you know, that sort of thing. And, right. and really what it came down to is like, I just need to be comfortable with who I was, who I am and where I'm going. And, yeah. and that's, you know, kind of a, I don't give a, don't give a, can I swear on this podcast? Yeah, <laughs> you want, man. Literally, it's, it's, but you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. it's kind of like, you know, this is me, this is who I am. This is where I'm going. Deal with it. Right. And, and, and recognizing that like, you know, being confident in who you are and, and doing everything in your power to get to that point daily. Yeah. Yeah. And what, what, what was your journey like to get to that level? Because, you know, I, I, you know, I speaking for myself obviously here, but you know, I endured some the same experiences as you in terms of sexual abuse at the same ages. So it sounds like we've got a pretty similar journey. You know, I was five, six and seven when it was happening to me. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so where are you at now in terms of your healing from that type? Have you been able to get to any type of peace or clarity on that? Definitely, definitely, definitely. You know, I, um, in 2011, when I uh, had to move, I missed the, the entire season with a concussion. And like I said, I think that was probably concussion number 10 to 15, somewhere in there. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't know who I was and I didn't know where I was going. And so that's kind of when I started doing the yoga and, you know, diving into therapy and, and, and recognizing that I had something that was wrong other than the fact that I had, you know, this, uh, this physical injury uh, mm. from football Yeah, and, sure. uh, you know, had, have done, uh, you know, have done tons of work, but recognize that this is a daily practice. Mm. I, I recognize that, it, it, what it came down to was the tools that I knew that I did not have at that time that I needed to implement each and every day. And, you know, as you know, and as you, you know, especially in, in this, this sector is that it is, it, what it comes down to is my routine is if I'm away from my routine, if I'm away from my guidelines, if I'm away from my, um, my, you know, you know, manifesting a positive mindset by my actions each day, then I'm just going to fall back into those negative pessimistic, uh, you know, way of being. And, yeah. and that's really what, what I've come to understand is my journey has been, you know, you, like basically I, I start, what I, I guess if I would come back to it, how I started this whole situation was I needed to take care of myself. And then I started taking care of myself and I knew that I had this self saboteur inside of me. Yeah. And so I kind of like, you know, go, up and down up and down up and down kind of that like that you know i'm gonna get in shape and then i get out of shape and get in shape and get out of shape and, and it's just been such a wild ride and you know the one thing that I, I truly need in my life is just consistency and routine and so i try to do that with you know waking up early and journaling and meditating and you know trying to implement these healthy healthy lifestyle yeah wow that's incredible and it's it, it's fascinating to me because i know for myself after playing 10 years professionally um, in hockey that, you know, after season's over, it takes about, you know, a maximum of two weeks for, for you to get out of shape. And I just translate, <laughs> yeah. to yeah. you know, as unfortunate as it is, you know, you work out for 11 months and then after two weeks you're done. Um, but anyhow, in terms of like the mental stuff, it's the same way. Like I know for myself, like if I'm not doing my meditations daily, 
um, sometimes two times a day. If I'm not doing that, if I'm not reading the books, if I'm not reflecting and doing this stuff again, like you said, in a routine manner daily, it's crazy how fast you lose it. It's, it's crazy how fast you lose that state of calm um, from the meditation. It's gone. It's, yeah, it's, man, it's, it's gone. Um, wow. Yeah, that's, that's incredible. So what was it, what was it like, you know, obviously, you know, for the, in the public's eye, we hear a lot of stories, right, about what's taken place in the NFL in terms of concussions, in terms of, you know, drugs, uh, pain meds and things like that. What, what was, you know, what, is it at the same level, would you say in the CFL as it was, or at least that we, we hear about in the NFL? Yeah. I mean, it's the same sport, right? So yeah. it's kind of like, you know, no different than any other transition, you know, from NHL or NBA or, you know, people are dealing with the same stuff. They spend yeah. 20 years playing the sport. They put the same sort of energy into it in the off season during the season. Uh, you know, I think the only thing that is the alternative or the only different dynamic is, you know, the the financial compensation as well as the media and exposure. So it doesn't make a difference if you're playing against, you know, if, if we're playing against someone who's 250 pounds as a linebacker or 235, people are still smacking each other in the head. And, yeah. uh, and you know, I think the, you know, to your point really – um, you know, from my perspective, is like when I got my concussion in 2011 was six months before Junior Seau took his life. Mm. It was during the time that Wade Belak and Rip Rippin and uh. Uh, Derek Bugard. It was like during that time frame when all those three dudes all, you know, were no longer with us due to, you know, whatever their individual respective regions were. And so it was a very scary time for me. You know, I was you know, looking at these guys in the NHL, seeing like, okay, like, you know, I don't see any difference between who they are, you know, enforcers right. or whatever guys are going out and they're smacking people every night. And myself, where I played middle linebacker, I was a, an energy guy. Like I, I just, I, I need physicality. Like I just need to like, you know, I need to go out there and, and, and ensure that everyone's knew that my presence was known. Right. And, uh, and, you know, that's where it came down to. So that's, you know, with all those things taking place and, and the time frame, um, you know, aside from everyone's perspective of, of where my experience was um, in, in relation to like kind of like upper echelon leagues, I was like, this is the same stuff. I'm dealing with the same energy. I'm dealing with the same emotion, the same trauma, uh, and I need to make a change. Mm. And, uh, and if I don't make a change, because of the fact that, you know, concussed in Montreal, which is a, you know, um, you know, a very lively city uh, yeah. somewhere there's, there's, there's an outlet for every, every aspect of your being, whether it be positive or negative. Um, I knew that I needed to make a change and, and get out. And luckily, you know, funny enough, one of my friends that's here tonight, um, he's, he was there then. And, uh, you know, my parents were there then I was able, but at the same time, I was able to make those, those conversations take place due to the fact that I was open to having conversations of being vulnerable and being raw. And, uh, you know, that, uh, is one of the things that not everyone is able to do, you know, is able to like be comfortable with who you are because I was able to reach this pedestal of, you know, this, this, this level of, of alpha maleism, if you so to speak, right. um, you know, I was able to say, Hey, like, you know, I've, I've had this experience, that experience, and I need help. 
you know, a guy who's just trying to make it and trying to get into the NHL or trying to get into the NFL or the NBA, he might, they might not be willing to make those conversations, have those conversations mm-hmm. and take that emotional risk because of the fact that, you know, when they get into the locker room, that might not be acceptable. Right. For sure. Um, and w- what were some of like, mm-hmm. uh, like your, your outlets, you, you, you spoke about Montreal being a city where, you, you know, positive or negative, you can, you know, do pretty much as you want, right. To a certain degree. So what were some of maybe some of the vices that you used in terms of suppression or coping mechanisms? Silence is one of them. Wow. <laughs> you know, right. obviously I did that when I was a kid. I, I, you know, I didn't tell anyone what was going on and, uh, or my experiences of the past. And, uh, you know, I was like, always wanted to get after it. Always wanted to party. It's yeah. a town that never sleeps and, uh, they don't really have any rules there. Um, and, uh, it's well known for that. That's, but, in, Mon- uh, that's in Montreal. That's in Montreal. Yeah. And, uh, and so, you know, yeah, my vices were alcohol and drugs and alcohol and women. You know, I was like masking everything. And then I realized I just need to take care of myself, love myself. Um, and, uh, and when I started, you know, I kind of started to transition into, you know, understanding that fitness was, you know, something I need to take care of, you know, and, and uh, silence, you know, and, and, and self-reflection and introspection, just, you know, recognizing on a daily basis, like, where's your head at, bro? What are you doing? Is this the right, is this the right decision? And opposed to just kind of just going with the flow and okay, game's over party time. Let's go. And like, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And what would you say it was like for you when you finally came to that realization of, holy hell, this sexual abuse I experienced, you know, several, several years ago is having an impact on me. And it's got to be the reason why I'm doing X, Y, and Z. I know for myself, when, when I started piecing those things together, it's just like, wow, everything makes sense now. Like, no wonder why I was tormenting yeah. and sabotaging myself. Like for myself, when I was in junior hockey, um, you know, I moved away from home when I was 15. Um, and it wasn't probably towards the end of that season when I probably drank for the first time. Um, but it wasn't until I moved mm-hmm. away the, the next time after graduating high school, then I was, I've been away ever since, but it was in those years before college where it was five times a week. I was, I was drinking with the intent of blacking out every time. Um, it was marijuana. It was the chewing tobacco. It was, it was women. And man, it's just anything. Uh, it, it's literally anything. And I, and again, I, I remember it took for me, you know, cheating on my now ex-wife to realize like, holy shit, like, what am I doing? I'm, I'm hurting not just myself, but everybody else, you know, again, so going back to the question, what was that moment like for you when you kind of had that aha moment? Yeah. I mean, it's, I guess through therapy, um, you know, I, I started to like piece everything together, uh, and really just the one thing that really, that realization for me was the self-sabotization. Mm. I think that's a word. I'm not sure. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, and, and the, that, that self-sabotage was, it's, it was so real. And, you know, I had that same sort of situation where you're like, wow, I'm self-sabotaging myself. And then there's this like this this paradigm shift where I was like, wow, I'm now you know with two. I also have two young kids, and I also have an ex-wife. Um, it's like I'm self-sabotaging them. You know, I am sabotaging my positivity, my life's positivity. Um, and you know, there's there's an aspect of that that's 
that's true. And then there was an aspect of that where, you know, the positivity in my, within myself was like, Hey, you are also, you know, you know, you are, you know, you may have self-sabotaged in the past, but like, that doesn't mean you can't take this experience that you're having today and be positive. You know, I had my kids last night and they love me and I love them and we're happy and we're having fun and life is good. Right. That's all that matters. And, you know, really what it came down to for me was like, I just don't want to fuck them up. I just want to, you know, make sure that they have a positive outlook on life and that they know how to make their own decisions. And, and that's really where, um, you know, the, the light came on for me was like, you know, maybe about six and maybe 12 to 18 months ago, I was like, wow, like my son is yelling at me or, uh, you know, he's responding as I would respond in stress. And I was like, this needs to change because I'm the one that's, you know, affecting both of them. And, you know, so like, I mean, obviously I would, I would assume that I'm saying this in the right direction is you're probably still battling. It's not something that changes. It doesn't just stop. It's, it's a daily battle and it, and I don't envision ever stopping until, you know, there's a consistent practice of change over time. But, uh, uh, you know, I'm one of those guys that, like I said, I fluctuate up and down in all, in all sorts of different directions and, uh, um, you know, living life on the edges. I think what's ingrained in us and it just takes, you know, it takes that 10,000 hours of positivity to move, move away from it. Right, right. Um, and where are you at in terms of, of your abuser? Have you, uh, do you mind me asking who it was? Yeah, so I mean, I, I don't really share who, but uh, okay. I definitely have, have worked through a gotcha. lot of it and uh with that person and okay. uh so you've, you've and so seen, seen this person yeah i mean i've seen this person i've uh i've you know essentially i've gone to therapy with them to be honest okay. with you okay. and um you know the we it's uh it's one of those things where yeah it just comes down to perspective kind of what i was saying earlier about um you know really just just getting out of my own head and just right. like kind of like universal being perspective of who I am as a, as a, as a partner, as a father, as a business owner, as a, you know, as a, an ant in this universe is like, Hey, you know, it, no one, no one cares, <laughs> you know, like right. it's about your perspective of yourself. You know, it's, this is an experience you had 30 years ago. And, and I kind of was like, you know, early on in my mental health experience, I was like trying to deal with it in like such like a, um, you know, the holistic approach and very soft and loving and caring when really what the language that I was, that I listened to that I spoke for so long was like, dude, get over it. Like, just get over it. Like you're going to have to deal you just to kind of deal with it. Yeah. Like po- be positive, you know, love yourself, love everyone. But like, dude, like leave that shit in the past, move through it and be positive and move on to the next thing kind of like hey like you know drop the puck let's go yeah it's the next right? play right yeah. like there, i remember I, I i got my first game starting as a linebacker on the nta we played against west virginia they i think they were ranked like fourth or fifth in the nation at that point in time and we got smacked like 57 to three and we like we had to play another team that was ranked top 10 in the nation the next week and i was like well you better you better spot the ball 
and and I saw that they have these T-shirts calling saying "Spot the ball," and I was like, "Man, I had to spot the ball every freaking play <laughs> that whole game." It was just like I remember there was a guy that played for Seattle Seahawks. Um, his name was Owen Schmidt, and he had this uh, T-shirt called "Get Schmidt Face" because he smashed his face coming out of the tunnel one day, and he had blood coming down his face. Oh God! And it was it was just one of the, like these things where I was like, I just this spot the ball mentality just came through. It's like, no, just, you know, deal with the adversity, move through it and, and move on to the next play. There's no way around it. It's like, right. if you carry that bad energy, it's just going to manifest itself negatively into that next appearance. And, you know, it's, I, I was very good at it in the arena, but now I'm trying to take those mindsets and instill them in myself and into the people that I communicate with about this, this subject. Yeah, for sure. And I think one of the quickest ways for people to do that, to move on, to suck it up, to, you know, let it go is I think they need to operate in a, in a space of acceptance. Um, you know, mm -hmm. I, I, myself, yeah. I found myself in a crazy situation um, that just happened just two days ago where now I'm in a position where my, my two kids and I have to pack up and move after settling into this house we just moved into a month ago. Um, mm -hmm. and, and again, it's a, it's a weird, you know, analogy, I guess you could say in terms of what you were talking about in terms of football, but yeah. again, it's, it's life, it's what's going on in the mind. And it's, again, it's acceptance or it's resistance. And, you know, it's, it's been tough because fuck man, I've, I've moved, you know, playing, playing in Europe, yeah. I've moved freaking 20 times in my career and I'm over yeah, it. Me too. You know? Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. but, but anyhow, I wanted the one question I wanted to ask in terms of, you know, being a father and being on this journey you know, speaking for both of us, we know how empowering it is, you know, just speaking on our stuff. Um, how important would you say it is for a father and for more fathers to go down this path for our children? Um, instead of being that father that, you know, just boasts our chest out um, and doesn't speak about, you know, how we're feeling and how, you know, what we're thinking about. Well, I mean, I think my, you know, coming into fatherhood, I just, I really, was dead set on not taking this negativity and these pain bodies that I had created within myself due to holding on to this negative energy and this, this toxicity within myself. I just didn't want to transfer it onto my kids. Right. And, um, through my actions, through my responses, through my, you know, my parenting. And, you know, at times I've, I've accepted the fact that I, I did, I did react negatively or what have you. Um, and you know, in all, all in all, my, my main focus is that if I just live with love in that moment right now, you know, like hug and kiss and just embrace and, and accept that the past is the past, but move on, um, that everything's going to work itself out. Uh, you know, it, you know, we're going to figure it out. It's going to work itself out. Uh, I just have such an optimistic view on life, uh, that, I hope that that is the thing that passes on, not the negative aspect, because, you know, shit, shit's going to hit the fan uh, for my kids, just like it hit the fan for me. And, you know, whether I was the one who threw it at the fan or whatever, <laughs> um, I just want them to have that, that mindset about embracing adversity and that perseverance is the only way through is like, you're gonna survive this. It's right. gonna, it's gonna, you know, no different than this economic, pandemic that we're dealing with is like we will as a human race work through this whether or not there's murder bees or you know whatever like yeah. we will 
figure it out. We will move through it and we will be, as long as we are positive and we do it with a smile, you know, that is what is most infectious is like right. pass on the positivity, pass on the optimism and, uh, and let it, let it help, you know, let it take its course. And that's really where, you know, from a father's perspective that I'm trying to instill is like, you know, I've been instilled with positivity and optimism and happiness and, uh, you know, everyone's had their journey. And so that's where I'm, what I'm trying to, to pass on. And, and I think that's what's taking place. Yeah, for sure. And, and I think, you know, for any men, any fathers out there that are listening to this, I think, you know, a takeaway from this could be is, you know, in terms of the healing stuff, I think as men, we have to be willing to tap into that feminine, feminine energy in order to heal. But it doesn't mean that you lose your masculinity. It doesn't mean that, you know, just because I'm healing that I don't have that ability to still suck it up and to just move on, you know, and mm -hmm. just go and work out or, you know, whatever the case is. So I think, you know, there's that misconception that, you know, oh, I'm going to be crying or I, I, I need a hug and I can't be a man any longer, you know? Yeah. And I think that's one thing that kind of keeps men away for the most part. But, I, but, you know, I think it is so very important for us as fathers, for sure. Um, to make sure that we just continue on this path because I think for our kids so that when they're older in life, right, they know how it's, that it's okay to feel emotions if they see their yeah. father doing it, you know? Um, yeah. And, 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 you know, you bring up such an amazing point and I guess further to, to one of your questions earlier is in 2011, I started to like get into this mental health conversation and move towards this like vulnerability thing. And I really just lost who I was. I was like, well, I can't work out. I can't go jack weights. I can't be big. I can't be bad. I can't be like an alpha because of, well, I need to have these conversations. I need to be soft. I need to like, you know, welcome vulnerability. And, and, and I lost who I was, mm -hmm. you know, I spent 20 plus years at that point, like, you know, fishing and, and in the woods and hunting and, and lifting weights and playing football and like yelling and screaming and expressing and ventilating my, yeah. my, my visceral being through, you know, alpha experiences. And I think that there's such a, you know, I think if, you know, within this masculinity conversation, there's just like the shift that needs to take place where you need to have like all the colors of the rainbow, man, paint, yeah. cook, clean, be a fun, amazing father, but you know, don't be afraid to go chop some wood and you know, go out to the, the base of a river and just scream at the top of your lungs and cuss and you know, and argue and wrestle and be a man, you know, yeah. whatever that means to you. Yeah, and, and I think again, you know, through this journey, I'm able to you know, enjoy all the things, the masculine things that I already enjoyed. I just get to enjoy them a little bit more because I'm more present while I'm doing them, you know, that's what meditation is has certainly helped me to accomplish is just living in the moment, you know, not being exactly in the past and in the future. I'm just here. And so again, exactly. the working out that I love to do the fitness, like it's incredible. And, and again, I just enjoy it way freaking more now, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And you know, that's, that's it, man. It's just stripping it all back and be like, well, what do you want to do? Well, I like doing that. Okay. We'll go do that. Are you hurting someone? No. Well, okay. Cool. Go do it. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and I think so many people too, not just men are, are afraid of everything that they're going to lose, but you know, through the process, you're going to find yourself. You're going to find the real things that you're passionate about. You know, and there's nothing worth more in this world than that. You know, um, unfortunately it just, it may not come in one week. You know, it's probably going to take you five years. 
or two years or whatever the case is, everybody's going to be different. Right. Um, but, um, what would you say for yourself is like, in terms of, in terms of your, um, routine, what would you say is like your go-to, like if you're having a tough day or something like that and you need to, you know, get to a place of calm or whatever the case is, um, in terms of self-care, self-love, what, what's like your number one go-to tool? I would say that the number one thing is just really setting my day off on the right direction. You know, waking up, meditating, journaling, getting those thoughts on paper. But is, you know, that that's it. It's like, you know, just kind of hitting that reset button each and every day. You know, you're not going to be able to salvage every day. But for the most, and what I mean by that is like, you know, when something does go awry during the day is like you know take your you know go work out you know go take a deep breath go um you know go take your your time out you know get away like there's right. nothing wrong with with stepping away from a situation and and finding time for yourself like i think that's where you know people like in the past were like oh you you know can't handle it soft it's like no like i need this right now like go take a 20 minute hiatus and come back with a refreshed mindset. And, um, so obviously that with the more, the morning routine that really helps. But, uh, I would say the midday situation would be, you know, a quick run, um, you know, hitting 50 push-ups on the, on the, on the spot, like just get the blood flowing, positive energy, dopamine, all that sort of situation. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's great, man. Uh, thanks for sharing that. And, and are, are you a single father? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Oh, well, Go ahead. My so my partner and I we separated about uh about six months ago. Okay. So we, I mean we're we're all we're all good. Every, we live in the same place and uh, or the same town and and we're kind of working through those details right now. Right. Um, but for the most part, like you know, I wouldn't say. I mean, I have tons of support, and there's definitely a huge community around supporting my kids, but. Uh, you know, I think one of the, the the best things that has taken place in my life is that I get time with my kids, um, whether it's what when I was with their mom or now sitting here just being like, wow, I get my kids for 24 hours by myself. This is awesome. Right. You know? Yeah, that's that's incredible. Did your kids ever get the chance to, to see you play? My son did. Yeah. He was uh, he was there for two seasons, and okay. I mean, so uh, he's he's almost five, almost six now. So okay. I don't think he remembers much, but uh, uh, we can show him the pictures and, <laughs> right. and yeah. What what was that like for you though uh, to to have that opportunity or many opportunities to to do what you're you know loving and so passionate about, but again to be able to do it in front of your son. I mean, I think that's what it's all about, man. Right. <laughs> you know, it's. Uh, <laughs> It was a, a very special time. I think, um, you know, he, uh, when my son, so my son was born the year before I retired. And um, what it, the, the reason I retired was because of these concussions. And, you know, I was having trouble remembering, you know, very, very simple sets and simple plays. Um, and, you know, it was the reason why I retired. I was like, well, I don't want, you know, in 50 years, I want, I don't want to not know this kid's name. You know, I don't, I want him to have, have me around for the longest time. It was, I wasn't just living for myself anymore. So 
Uh, it was a very special experience to have him there for a couple games, but all in all, I think there's going to be, you know, way more life experiences that are far beyond as special as those, those times were. Mm. Wow. That is, that's incredible. That's something that I, you know, I was able to do as well, but my kids were at such a young age as well that, you know, it's hard to, like, I know they do remember, especially my daughter. Um, yeah. But I would love one more opportunity, but unfortunately my, you know, if I wanted to, to continue my career for the most part, it's got to continue in Europe. Um, and my kids would yeah. go over with me. So maybe I could bring them over for a month, but you know, overall it's nine months away. Um, and I did it for three years. So it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's extremely challenging and <laughs> it's not something that yeah, I want to do again. Um, yeah. now, um, what, you know, to wrap, to wrap this up, I, I don't like, uh, to go so long on these, but what would you say, uh, you know, if you had any type of advice, uh, for anybody that was, that was listening? Well, I mean, I think mental health in specific is a daily experience. It's a daily battle and it go, it comes and goes in waves. And, uh, you know, in past, uh, I've, I've tried to treat mental health as mental health and come to realize that physical health is such an important aspect to mental health Yes, and ventilation is one of those things where you have to find the things that ventilate that negative energy that is in all of us, whether it's physical, emotional, spiritual, ventilate those, you know, have those conversations, hit those weights, you know, mm-hmm. meditate that journey that you're on. And, and that's really what it comes down to is it's, you know, this holistic approach to life is like my whole thing is like, it is all physical for me. If I'm hitting weights and I'm, feeling good about my body, my body and the connection, the mind body connection, I'm feeling great regardless of what's happening in life. So um, just understand that's a daily battle and that you need to, you know, you need to take action. Yeah, for sure. That's great. And where, where would, uh, you know, if anybody wanted to, where would they be able to find you in terms of social media? Social media is my first and last name, Shay Emery at, or sorry, Shay S H E A E M R Y. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm, I try to post on there as much as possible, but in this, these times, I'm trying to take a little bit more time away from my phone and, and spend a little more time walking in the woods with my kids. There you go. Very nice. And real quick, last question. Were, did you ever have a chance or were you ever close to, to making it to the NFL level? I did a couple tryouts uh, back in the day. And uh, the, the year that I was um, doing that was the lockout year. So it wasn't one of those years where they're taking too many new guys. But uh, no, I mean, I was. Uh, like I said, I was in the league for six, for eight years. And, you know, I had the opportunity to kind of go down and try it out. But uh, for the most part, I was, I was more comfortable in the CFL as a Canadian, um, a little bit more job security. And, uh, but uh, yeah. Nice, man. That's great. Well, anyhow, thank you so much, Shay, for, for joining me here on, on, on this episode. And again, this is, uh, you know, the RAV podcast with JLN, Raw, Authentic and Vulnerable. And that was episode number 23 with Shay Emery again thank you buddy uh so much for coming on and I wish you all the best thank you so much for what you're doing and uh hopefully we'll talk to you soon absolutely thank you cheers